You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Thank you, guys. Anyone remember that song? Oh, Janie, those of a certain vintage. That was Fleetwood Mac. They were huge in the 70s. And that was their song, Tell Me Lies. And I wanted to play that because it's a nice introduction to what I want to talk about today. You and me, when we hear the word lie, or when someone lies to us, we normally think of a verbal lie. However, if we look at scripture, lying is actually a lot broader than just with our mouth because it's also nonverbal. So I'm going to look at that today. I've called this uh, first part of a small series I'm doing My Best Side. So when people lie very often, it's to try and present their best side to others or to talk up a situation to others. It's a bit like getting a photograph and you just want your better side on the photograph rather than seeing the full picture. Should have said welcome to Cafe Church or Parallel Church meets downstairs. Good to have you watching in guys and God bless you. Hope you can hear and see everything okay. As I begin, uh, I'm going to be looking at 2 Samuel 15. But before we put up our scripture verses for today, let me tell you a little bit about this guy. In Cafe Church, if you could put up the second slide. This is Podrick Pierce or Podrick McFearish. He was my hero as a kid growing up, as, as he was for many boys growing up in Ireland. He was the main revolutionary in the 1916 Rising in Ireland. And... Uh, two, two years ago, in 2016, we had the 100th anniversary. And a load of the kids were, um, <clears throat> it was very interesting, some of the children in the church were telling me about how they were learning about him again. But what I learned as a, a teenager when I studied history a little bit more in secondary school was that Podrick Pierce always had his photograph taken like this from the side profile. He only wanted the photograph from his best side. Why? Because he had a damaged left eye. And he didn't want anyone to see that part of his face. So this great hero of many young Irish people over the years, we only ever saw half of him. We never really saw the real Podrick Pierce, if you will. And I think, I can speak for myself, sometimes I'm like that. I only want people to see a part of me rather than all of me. And there's a place where that's healthy, and then there's a place where it's sinful. And when we talk about self-control and courtesy, that's where it's healthy. So if someone comes up and says something to you and the red mist descends upon you, that ever happened to anyone? Someone says something and your blood starts to boil. 
And before I was a born-again Christian, when I was nothing, I would have lashed back because anger would have always been my uh, weakness that I had to deal with. So anger was the big thing I had to deal with. And if someone said something or did something, I would get really angry. But praise God, God's Holy Spirit comes upon us when we're born again, doesn't it? Does anyone agree with that? And you actually start changing. And I start changing. So instead of hitting out at someone, because God's Holy Spirit is in me, the anger that I had isn't at all as strong. So if someone says or done something, I might feel the anger, but I'm not going to react to it, and I'm not going to lose control, because God has given me a spirit of self-control. So I control that anger. And that's where it's good not to show the real you, because that part of us has to die. Amen? And so we need to move away from that. But then there's a place where we can pretend. We can be fake. Maybe we're insecure. Maybe we don't know who we are. And there's a place where that's part of our development, but there's a place where it's really wrong. And I want to look at where that was really wrong in the Bible. I'm going to be talking about a guy. You can actually throw this slide up as well, Cafe Church. This is an artist's impression, thought it was a very good one, of Prince Absalom in the Old Testament. He was the third son of the great King David. And he was known far and wide for his beauty. He was most handsome. He was very well built. He was tall. And he had a huge head of hair. So much so that every year he would get his hair cut publicly, weigh the hair, and the equivalent weight in gold was handed out to his followers and so on. Uh, by the way, never trust a man with a full head of hair. <laughs> the more bald a man is, the more shiny, the more sincere. Isn't that right, Teddy? Hallelujah! Isn't that right, John? Hallelujah, amen. All the other bald men, who'll say amen? Thank you, Glenn. So, you know, men with a full head of hair, there's something wrong. Just, just watch yourself. I'm joking, of course. Not really, but I... You're married to one. Well, no, well, no. Tell him lose his hair and he'll be grand. We'll sort him out if he loses his hair. Anyway, this guy had a full head of hair and he knew how to use it. He was, in effect, a very vain man. So the little bit we're going to read in 2 Samuel is about this guy, but the silent person in it is his father, King David. The Bible tells us this man was probably the greatest king in Israel. He had a heart after the Lord's own heart. He was sincere. He was humbled. He was deeply ethical and principled. Now, he made mistakes and he had his issues like we all do. But deep down, he was a great guy. And the context of the little piece we're about to read is um, King David had another son who raped his half-sister. And that half-sister 
was Absalom's full sister. And so Absalom went and killed his brother. He murdered him. And the King David, if you could point out one big fault with King David, he was too soft. He was too soft on his sons. And he just banished Absalom for a couple of years and then allowed him back in. Now imagine if one of your sons, if you have sons, killed another son. And, and it's kind of like there's a small bit of discipline, but come back in. So what we're about to read, we're going to parachute into it now, is where Absalom has returned to Israel, having been abroad for a little bit. And here he is back in Israel, and Absalom, the ultimate con man, is up to something. Absalom would ride into Jerusalem on a chariot with horses and bodyguards. He got up early every morning and went outside the courthouse. So when people brought a case for the king to judge, he would ask them where in Israel they were from. And, they would say to, and then he would say to them, you've got a really strong case here. But it's too bad the king doesn't want to, doesn't have anyone to hear your case. I wish I were the judge. Then I would hear all the cases and give everyone justice. And when people tried to bow down to him, remember he's the prince, he wouldn't let them. And instead, he kissed their hands in this way. Absalom stole the hearts of all the people of Israel. May God bless his word to our soul and bring truth and liberty into our mindset in Jesus' name. Amen. I find this fascinating and this really is Absalom putting forward his best side his fake side, because we're told straight away that he would get up early every morning and look at the entrance he would make. He would ride into Jerusalem on a chariot with horse, horses and bodyguards. In fact, there were 50 bodyguards and they would all run before him. I was watching the news recently and Kim Il-jung, is that his name, the dictator in North Korea, a most evil person, I was watching him, big heavy guy, being driven in his limousine uh, into South Korea and all his bodyguards were running. And I thought of Absalom. But this guy was making an entrance. Do you know the way sometimes you're at a wedding? Well, I do a lot of weddings. I did one yesterday and um, yet again it happened. There's always someone who deliberately comes in late for the wedding Forgive me, sisters, it's usually a woman. But she's coming in to make an entrance. <laughs> she's upstaging the bride. I'm here too. Well, think of that kind of vibe. Because Absalom is riding into Jerusalem and making a big statement. Now, the danger is, is that we just skip over verses like this without stopping and just giving it a little bit of thought and reflection. Contrast that, if you will, two generations earlier 
the leader or the ruler of Israel was a prophet called Samuel. And he would have anointed Absalom's father, David. Look how he traveled, just by way of contrast. 1 Samuel 7, 17. The prophet Samuel walked throughout Israel on a circuit from Bethel to Mizpah. In other words, Samuel walked throughout the land, north and south, but he walked. He didn't go around in the big bling chariot with all the entourage to make a statement. No, his heart was that of humility. I like what I think he's Brazilian. Paulo Coelho says, the devil is in the detail. What does that mean? When you're reading the Bible, please, it is quality over quantity. So when you're reading the scripture, pause after a sentence or you're listening to it because the detail reveals so much about what's going on. And so straight away, when we read about Absalom with his big entrance, stop, reflect. What's this saying? How is this informing my spiritual life? It's showing me that this guy is into his image rather than something more genuinely going on. So the detail, just like when we look at Samuel, who walked everywhere, it's that detail that reveals, it's a tell, it's an indication of where the person is coming from. I can remember I was at a, a pastor's, a big pastor's gathering a couple of years ago in Dublin, and it was being held in the Buswells Hotel. Anyone who knows Irish history will know that's probably of all hotels in Dublin. It's right across the street from the Dáil, or the Irish Parliament, and that's where all big decisions were made. And there was a big decision being made, won't go into the details, and pastors from all around Ireland were gathering in Buswell's Hotel. And it was in January, so it was cold. And I was coming in, I was wanting to support it and attend it, and I came in with my coat on me. And as I came in, one of the young women there uh, came up to me and welcomed me and said, would you like me to hang your coat? And I said, should the coat hangers there, you're grand, I'll hang the coat myself, it's fine, you know. What I didn't realise was one of the leaders pastor was just watching and when I was chatting to him afterwards he said you didn't allow the young woman to hang up your coat and I said no gosh sure I can hang my coat myself I'm fit I'm strong why would I get someone else to do the work and he went ah you'd be surprised he was actually there just as a little detail he wasn't judging anyone well maybe he was but he just wanted to see where people's hearts were at. This is an old guy coming in. Were people into having people running around and serve them, or did they have a servant heart themselves? And he felt that it was a big tell by how many people were hanging up their own coats and how many people just left the servant hang up the coat. It was very interesting. And I thought quite an eye for detail uh, on this guy. And in anything in life, Detail reveals so much. The rhythm of someone's life, if that detail changes, you know there's something up. Whether it's algorithms or people or relationships, if your wife wakes up every morning and smiles and kisses you and then this morning she didn't, brothers, there's something up. You're after messing up somewhere. Look for the detail. Look for the detail. Anyway, getting back to our main narrative. Here we have Absalom making a big impression. Rather than going through every single verse, let me just 
summarize what we see here. He got up early every morning, so this guy is hardworking. He positioned himself outside the courthouse, or as they called it back then, the city gate. Remember, there wasn't a supreme court of judges like we have here in Ireland. The king would have made all the final decisions from a judgment point of view. So he positioned himself in the right place. And look, he approached people. Again, you might say, so what? It's a bit like if you're in London and you're outside Buckingham Palace and, I don't know, the Queen is walking by with her corgi and she comes up and she goes, how are you? And where are you from? Or some royalty, or you're up in Dublin and President Michael D. Higgins comes up and, and approaches himself to you. It's that kind of vibe. He was royalty. It wasn't his place to do that. So he flipped everything and he took people off their guard. Very clever. And he asked the right questions. He said, where are you from? Remember the context of Israel. They came from actually 13 different tribes. In effect, 12 tribes, but the tribe of Levi is well. And so when he asked where they came from, they were pleased to tell him it was the right question to ask. By the way, if you're not from Ireland and you want to know a good question to ask an Irish person, ask them where they come from. They'll talk forever about where they came from. There's such a deep-rooted sense of ancient community here that someone who comes from a half an hour away sees themselves as having a totally different identity. I mean, the worst are the Kerry people, aren't they? <laughs> They're the pits. All the Kerry people come to the busy service at 12 o'clock, so we're safe. Absalom knew the right question to ask. Oh, clever, clever man. All part of this image that he was uh, coming about. And then, of course, when people wanted to bow down to him, he wouldn't hear of it, and so he went and he kissed their hand. Do you know what that reminds me of? You'd see a lot of politicians kissing babies, and, and you just go, that's just fake. Like, what are they up to, you know? Are you really interested in that person's child? No, you're not. No, you're not. So... The, this Absalom, if you will, was the ultimate politician. What's wrong, though, is that it's in a spiritual context and people were being played. People were being manipulated. And he had an agenda. And so for you and I, this is why I love the statement that when the Christian church, someplace like this, is functioning as it should be, it's one of the best communities to be in in the world. Amen. Amen. That wasn't very enthusiastic. How about a, a bit of a good amen? Amen? amen. Oh, that's better. But if there's an agenda going on, and if there's someone who is out to do something, it's probably one of the most dangerous places to be and one of the most um, vulnerable places to be. And so Absalom is in a spiritual situation because that was the ancient land of Israel. And people ended up dying. They lost their life because of this guy's vanity. And that's the ultimate expression of what went on here but he positioned himself he did everything and everything he did brothers sisters was a lie it wasn't that he was telling barefaced lies this was not who he really was Absalom was trying to present himself as one of the people he wasn't 
He only cared about himself. He was a vain man. And so this guy was up to a great contract. But what happened? And we're told at the end of the part of it in verse 6. In this way, Absalom stole the hearts of all the people of Israel. He stole their hearts. If you analyze it, guys, he never actually spoke against his father David. No, no, he was too clever, too cunning. In Ireland, we use the word cute. Cute doesn't mean pretty. In Ireland, cute means cunning. So he was cute. He was cunning. And so he never said, my father David is doing it all wrong. He said, David, my father isn't here. Oh, I wish there were more people mm, like me who could do this. So very clever and cunning in his positioning of everything that's going on here. The thing is, Absalom went on with this lie and it ended up in death. He lost his own life. Hear me. Fake never lasts. I'm around too long now. I've, I've even seen in churches people come up with a, an image and you know it's not true. And they don't last. Anything in life. Lies will always catch us out. Fake and pretense will always catch us out. I can remember um, being here in the church about a year ago. And it was in the summertime. And I don't know, I was down by the front door. I'm not sure why I was down there. But I was holding the door open, helping the security guy uh, just to let people in. And this guy comes in. And honestly, I've never seen more gold on anyone in all my life. This guy had so much gold on him. He had this huge chain. And for a second, for those of you from Cork, I thought he was the Lord Mayor. The Lord Mayor of Cork wears this big gold chain thing. It goes back, I don't know, 700 years or something. I said, the Lord Mayor in the church. And anyway, he wasn't from Ireland. But I was holding the door open, and I think I'm a good judge of character. I've been around people for, for a long time. And as he was coming in, he literally, to myself and the guy in security, he looked down his nose at us, and he pushed us aside because he was making an entrance with his Lord Mayor chain. And so he goes down the corridor and he comes up and I could see him out of my way. So he comes up and he, and he sits down. He didn't know who I was. I don't, I don't care. I couldn't care less. But anyway, so he's in there and someone was with him and said, I want you to meet my friend. So this person bowed over and said, this is the senior pastor of the church. He nearly died. But a whole new person emerged. And I saw his gold fillings. <laughs> he was fake. He wanted to play the senior pastor. He was into position. Do you think Jesus Christ would have done that? We treat everyone equally in this community. Amen? Whether you're cleaning or you're running the place from an intellectual point of view, whether you're on the door or you're on the laptop or whatever, God has no favorites. Can I hear a loud amen? Because amen. amen means you agree. This is our culture. And so just because someone is a pastor doesn't mean they're any better or any worse than anyone else. We're all human. We're all broken. But Absalom would have been just like, I'm calling him the Lord Mayor. I don't know who the Lord Mayor is now, but this guy with the big chain. But he stole people's hearts. And it was a lie. So guys, you and me, 
in life, sometimes, if someone lies to you or me, let's say you go and you buy a washing machine and they lie about what it can do. You know, you feel, you feel wronged. It's an injustice. Or if someone lies to you by giving you legal advice and it's wrong, it's an injustice. But it's not just words. It's how people position themselves. The challenge for you and me is that we can be self-controlled which is the good side of it, but that we don't fall into the trap of trying to be someone we're not. Yeah? Real people, real church. Sincere, authentic, not ignorant, courteous, self-controlled, but real. I think I love what the young American pastor Judah Smith said about Jesus. Jesus didn't care about the scandal he cared about the scandalous. I think this gets right to the heart of it, really. Because there was scandal all over ancient Israel. When Jesus went and allowed a prostitute to touch him, or he went out and he touched a leper to heal him, there was scandal. But Jesus wasn't doing it like the woman I saw yesterday making an entrance into the wedding to kind of steal and up the bride. He cared about the person in the heart of the scandal, who was broken, who was confused, who needed someone to love them and reach out to them and set them free. Hallelujah. That's what he cared about. He cared about the scandalous. He wasn't into the image. He wasn't into the scandal. And so, as Christ followers, brothers and sisters, how do you and how do I match up with what Jesus has set for us and what we see in the likes of Ab Absalom with his good side being presented well. We're told by Isaiah that Jesus had no beauty that we should be attracted to him, but we're told that Absalom was the most handsome. Jesus Christ was born in a stable as a child, and as an adult he said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Yet Absalom made sure he was in the princely palace, and Jesus Christ was despised and rejected by men, while Absalom was out to steal the hearts of everyone. Now, if you're beautiful, you're not sinning, there's nothing wrong with that, Amen. Who's the most beautiful? Mirror, mirror on the wall. There's nothing wrong with being beautiful. There's nothing wrong with living in a palace. There's nothing wrong with being popular once we don't sin. Amen? That we're not being popular because we're giving free heroin to the children. Amen? But when we see the rhythm and when we see what Jesus did and his life, and when we look at Absalom, we can see a huge difference going on because Absalom was lying and Jesus Christ told the truth. Now, really, here are, are, it's almost like a binary choice. And I don't think anyone here would get up early on a Sunday morning. By the way, if you're not from Ireland and uh, you think this is late, this is really early in Ireland on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Most people actually don't get up for another hour or two. Coming, coming later. So this is early in Ireland. You don't come to a church and put time aside unless you're a spiritual person. Even if you're in here for the first time, it says to me there's something spiritual going on. So I don't think any of us are really in the Absalom camp. If we were, we wouldn't be here. 
this morning. But I do believe that there is something of that spirit that is in the flesh of every man and woman where we can be tempted to be who we truly are not. And it never lasts. And it doesn't work. People see through it. And actually, we hurt ourselves if we try and portray an image that isn't who we are. So Jesus Christ didn't pretend. He was real. He was who he was. And he's the one that we follow. What is the impact of Absalom? Notoriety. For anyone who even bothers reading that part of scripture. But Jesus Christ changed the world. And he started and gave birth to a movement that is one of the biggest movements this world has ever known. Fastest growing faith in the world is this. Fastest growing faith in Ireland by conversion is this. Jesus made such an impression. And while he was rejected by men, he founded the greatest movement the world ever had. Because people who had a bit of cop in their heads and people who had some heart knew he has the words of eternal life. And so as I draw to a conclusion, I'm going to pray that all of us, and I pray for myself as well, honestly, that we don't fall into the trap of being who we're not. I've heard people saying, I think I'm a, a, the worst personality mix. I was talking to a guy recently, and I said, how'd you make that out? And he said, I'm really quiet, but I have to analyze everything. And I said, what's wrong with that? But he said, it's the worst kind of person, isn't it? I said, who told you that? He says, I don't know, I just feel it. I said, do you know, I had a conversation about a year earlier with another guy, and he said, I think I'm a rotten mix of personality. And at the time I said, why is that? He said, because I'm so outgoing. I just bug people, I'm so outgoing. You see, whatever type of person you are, you'll probably think, gosh, this isn't a great thing. And yes, there's aspects of us that need to change. But honestly, be yourself, and then allow the Lord to change the rest. It's, it's the good news. It's not complicated and it sets you free. And so all that nervous energy going around with a big Lord Mayor's chain, you don't have to do it, hallelujah. You can be yourself in the liberty that Jesus brings. Are you comfortable in your own skin? If you're not, let's pray that you get comfortable in your own skin because Jesus loves you just the way you are. Doesn't mean he won't change you and he won't change me, but he loves you and he died for you as you are. So let's live up to the slogan of this church. Let's not present the best side. Now, guys, don't come into church next week and you don't bother washing your face and say, Tom said, I'm just coming anywhere I want. No. But in ourselves, let's be who we are. Are you outgoing? Be outgoing. Are you quiet? Be quiet. When we encourage people to raise their hands, some people, it's a huge effort. And honestly, we don't judge anyone and nobody is looking to see whether you're doing anything or not. So be comfortable in yourself. You know the Lord, the Lord knows you. So we're going to sing as a song if the band want to come up. Thank you, Cafe Church. Going to hand you over to the leaders, Farad and Fiona down there. We're going to sing a song we sang earlier, Stronger. I love the line in it. There is truth that sets us free. Part of the gospel is you don't have to pretend you can be who God made you. Introverted, extroverted, thinking, feeling, very confident, shy. 
There is no gradient here. There's just reality and there's truth. So let's pray. Lord, help me to be confident, to be comfortable, to be the person you've called me to be. Are you up for praying that? Mm. And you might say, I'm very, I've been comfortable for the last 40 years, Tom. Praise God. Praise God. But let's pray for one another then. If you have no issue here, praise God. But a lot of people, and I think more and more today, there's a higher and higher level of anxiety and panic. It seems to be creeping into society. You know what I think as an, old man, an older man? It's the media. The media is presenting, if you're really successful... You need to have a body like her or a body like him. You need to have a face like that. Jesus Christ had no natural attraction, but he changed the world. Guys, let's not be so shallow that we just look in the outer shell. Let's look at what's inside, because that's the real person. Amen? The Bible says God doesn't look at the outside. He looks at the heart. So praying today that you and I in, and this church community would be a church and a community that looks at the heart, not at the outside. And that truly is liberating. Would you stand with me? There is a truth that sets us free. And part of that truth is that we can be honest and real and we don't have to buy in to a fake image. Let's throw up the words and sing it and then we'll pray. Faithfulness, none can deny through the storms and through the fire there is truth that sets me free jesus christ who lives in me you are stronger you are stronger sin is broken you have saved me it is written Christ is risen, Jesus, you are Lord of all. I believe the Hollywood Spirit would say to someone, I saw a vision of someone on a roundabout and they came off a roundabout and they were dizzy. It's like someone is in here and you're dizzy, but you're dizzy because you're in a situation and you don't know what to believe. And I believe the Holy Spirit would say, he is going to calm you down this morning. He's going to calm you down and all this confusion and dizziness going on in your head and in your heart the Lord is going to breathe his spirit on you and bring a peace and a calmness and you will see the situation you're in for what it is and not believe someone else's spin so I'm going to pray for anyone who identifies with that in just a moment but initially a broader prayer for those of us who want to say simply this morning Maybe you've been living all your life like this, but you're willing to say, I want to continue, or I want to begin, or I want to even more walk and live the way Jesus did and not fall into Absalom's trap. I'm sure that's most of us, but if you want to pray that prayer, I'm not going to call you up, but I'm going to ask you to lift up your hands where you stand. I'm just going to pray that this liberating truth would break out into every man and woman here so if you're praying that lift up your hands we pray that this authenticity would break out thank you Jesus that so many people here really are who you made them to be and because they love you 
they've got a deeper confidence and they are more comfortable with who you made them but father if there is anything of the absalom in us would you take it now in jesus name would you help us move away from living anything that is like fake and being honest before you even in our brokenness even in our wounds help us to be real lord make us comfortable in our own skin not because we're anything great but because you're great and your power and your love in us gives us that type of confidence that nature cannot give i pray now lord if there is anyone here i just feel stirred as well to pray anyone here who hates their face hates their body isn't happy with the way they look i pray the holy spirit would touch you now and that the lord would give you a peace and take you away from this battle where you don't like the way you look i pray your focus would be drawn on who you are as a person may your thinking and your emotions be deepened and release you from being too taken up with an image in jesus name amen, amen. we're going to sing the chorus again just got a couple of minutes left before we close but if you have been confused lately or dizzy i want to pray the holy spirit upon you to give you a peace and to give you a calmness if that's you would you lift your hand okay so as we sing this chorus for the rest of you guys would you just pray with us as you stand can you come up guys please let's just pray maybe michael would help me let's just pray the peace of god's holy spirit comes into you take away the panic take away any dizziness or confusion may the lord give you a deep sense of his shalom hallelujah Jesus, you are Lord of all. You are stronger. You are stronger. Sin is broken. You have saved me. It is written. Christ is risen. Jesus, you are Lord of all. You are strong. let's just pray will we lift up our hands all who are up here we pray now jesus that you would take away the dizziness and the confusion take away any sense lord where we don't like the way we're made lord i pray we would be comfortable in our own skin because we are fearfully and wonderfully made and this is what your word says lord i pray against any dizzy confusion of a situation any of my brothers and sisters in i pray now that just as the holy spirit came on the day of pentecost i pray the holy spirit would come upon you 
and breathe a deep peace into your thinking and into your emotions. Amen. And I pray that deep shalom, peace of God, would become part of your identity, not just today and tonight, but by God's grace for the rest of your life. May the Lord deliver you from all confusion and may he speak clearly to you. I even pray tonight that some of you would dream and in your dream you would see Jesus Christ and have a deep encounter with him even while you sleep because God's word, we can meditate on it day and night. May God's word refresh you tonight. So calm and a peace upon you and may the Lord take away all confusion. Be calm, be confident, and be still in the Lord your God, because his truth sets you free. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's return to our seats. Let's stay standing, guys, and let's sing this just one more time before we close. Sin is broken, you have saved me. It is written, Christ is risen. Jesus, you are Lord of all. You are stronger, you are stronger. Sin is broken, you have saved me. It is written, Christ is risen. Jesus, you are Lord of all. You are stronger. ahead we would know the God who is stronger in us he that is within you is greater than he that is in the world so may you and your loved ones be blessed and protected and strengthened this coming week in Jesus name amen thank you every one of you for taking the time and coming and joining us can I point out we didn't take up a money collection, we never do, but we are 100% dependent on your financial contributions, and you can do so, cash in the box, debit card downstairs, or go on your mobile phone and type in give2graceireland.ie. Thank you for your support. Coffee and tea upstairs in our lovely atrium area. The guys are going to play us out as we move. Thank you, John. <laughs>